praying for you, praying for your family, praying. You know, sometimes, praise God, only God knows what you're really going through. And and I, I'm praying that God's Spirit just works in our prayers and, and just uh, helps you right where you need it. Amen. I've, let's turn to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Matthew 13. And I thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers for me, for my family. Hallelujah. God is so good. Devil's been fighting. Amen. Devil been fighting. Amen. And and he's not done. But yep, we're on the winning side. I'm not discouraged. Praise God. I'm excited. Hallelujah. Because we're winning. Amen. Matthew 13. If you have it, say amen. Father, thank you again for your presence. Thank you for your help tonight. Thank you, Lord, for touching these, God, with a special touch tonight, God. You know, Lord, just, Lord, what everybody's going through. You know the burdens that they're facing, God. And, Lord, we just look to you and thank you for being such a great, a great God, Lord, just such a great father, a great friend. And, Lord, we give you the glory. Help us, I pray, as we look to your word. Feed us, strengthen us, God. And, Lord, I need your anointing. Lord, just help me to deliver what you've laid on my heart today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew 13, verse 53. I'm sure some of us are aware that Matthew 13 is where those all those parables are, the sower, the tares and the wheat and others. And at the end of this, it says here in verse 53, came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. Listen to this. He went and when he was come into his own country... He taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom? Where'd he get it? And these mighty works, where'd they come from? Listen to what they said. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not this mother called Mary, his brethren, James and Joses and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? The Roman Catholic Church says that uh, Mary, uh, praise God, of one of the many things they get wrong about her is that she was perpetually uh, a virgin, that she never went on to have children later. Uh, this verse right here is where you tell them that's not true. He had brothers and sisters after he was born. Praise God. Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? Where did he get all this? Where did he learn it? And listen to this. And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works because there because of their unbelief. God bless you. You can be seen. Want to talk about... A very dangerous reality in church. Some of you that have just recently been saved, recently filled with the Holy Ghost, and and uh, and you know it's exciting for all of us to see your excitement. And you can just kind of sit back and listen to this, and maybe maybe uh, just help me preach it. Because it is very dangerous. Can you see in this context how dangerous? That Jesus, going back into his old neighborhood, if you will, you'd think that they'd have banners up. 
You know, all those miracles, all that great teaching, this is where it came from. And when he comes back, they're going to have a parade. And we're going to get excited about it. If you think you shout when you hear him, wait till you hear me. Amen. Because we've known him for such a long time. He belongs to us. But the Bible says that when he came to the people that knew him the best, praise God, they were offended. And he could not do the miracles there that he was able to do in other places. It reminds me sometimes of skeptics and people who uh, want to deny the power of God. Oh, you know what? If that's real and healing's real and miracles are real, why don't you just show up at the, at the hospital? Why don't you go through the, and, and heal everybody? Why don't you go to the psych ward and deliver everybody? Hey, listen to me. Jesus did no mighty works there because of their unbelief. It wasn't that God couldn't. But it was because they couldn't believe on him. What was it that caused their unbelief? It was familiarity. We know on a natural basis, sometimes the most dangerous thing for any relationship, any friendship, a marriage, is that familiarity. That after years go by, we take For granted, the blessings and the gifts that God has given us. Amen. I even feel right now, there are some that that when you needed God the most, He was there for you. When, 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 when you knew that you were on your way to hell and it was fresh and, and it was so real to you, but tonight you, you're, you're fighting just really giving Him what He deserves. We sit in church sometimes and, and we're so glad we're not part of some dead, dry, man-made denomination. But we have sunk back into a place of comfort and ease. Amen. Where we would look at another church and say, you know what, uh, they, they don't really have, they're not excited about preaching. They don't back that preacher and say amen. They don't really worship. They don't really shout unto God. They don't really have fervent, effectual prayer. But we get into a place where we take God for granted so often. It's dangerous. And it will keep us from receiving a miracle that God God intends for us. You know what happens? We get more focused on the flesh. We get more focused on ourselves. That's what happens so often. And when we take others for granted, when we take God for granted... Everything starts to be about our comfort, what we like, what we want, what we don't like. Amen. The Bible talks about this. I would I would have to say we turn to second Timothy, the third chapter. It's very serious tonight. And I feel this so strongly today when God spoke to my heart. Second Timothy three. There is a list here of things that in the last days sin that will be running rampant, that we will see just uh, trying to infiltrate the church, trying to get on to, to Christians. But it starts off with something that I think is really kind of a, a heading for it all. And if you would ask me, what is one of the most dangerous things you see 
in this generation and attacking Christians and churches anywhere, I would without hesitation tell you that my opinion that this is what is so dangerous to us today. If I could almost say, in my opinion, the most dangerous. This know also, 2 Timothy 3, 1, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. I'm going to tell you the basis of rebellion, of stubbornness, of backsliding is when your focus is more on what you want. Your prayers are more about what you want. Your, your life is about you more than God. What do you want? What's your heart? What's your desire? What do you want from me? See, this is really in this generation. The danger, we, we are so pampered and, and, and so, so spoiled and, and there are many, many, many just multi-million dollar so-called ministries that are telling people that God is just like a, an, 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 a, a, a blank check and if you have faith, God's gonna give you and give you and give you and you find out they're the ones that are getting and receiving. Amen? They're the ones getting rich. They're the ones, but people flock to that. Amen. Because this idea of, uh, of me and, hey, I'll tell you, God loves you. God cares about you. But what, where are people that get in the presence of God and just say, God, what's your will? God, what do you want from me? That's where the blessings are. When you gain your life, you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But when you seek to lose your life for him, you're going to find life. When you just say, God, what do you want from me? And what do you desire? You're going to find blessings there. To be focused on yourself will destroy any relationship. And sadly, when we get so familiar with God, we miss out when we start focusing on ourselves. It's dangerous, perilous times. Praise God, perilous times. Romans 15th chapter, Romans 15. Nobody, I, I, I tell you, we, we sometimes we, we struggle with being honest with ourselves about our weaknesses. Right. I've heard already of people who are trying to train for different sports or train for a lot of different things that they'll, They'll watch footage of themselves and have to have to be honest with themselves, maybe even with professionals, trainers in their lives, and pick apart what they're doing and how they can do it better. We don't like to self-examine, but we need to. We need to ask ourselves. Praise God. We need to ask God to help us be honest with ourselves. Am I doing what I need to be doing for God? I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm talking about letting the Holy Ghost correct us. Praise the Lord. You know, there's times we're fighting battles. It's most of the time, I suppose, right? But that oughtn't keep us from praying when it's time to pray. Amen. I'm I'm not here to, to rebuke. Praise God. But I thank God for people that take prayer time seriously. Praise the Lord. Uh, What I found, though, is sometimes the most spiritual folks 
in their hearts, in their minds, they're spiritual, but they're always out of sync with what the Holy Ghost is trying to do. When folks are praying, they're doing something else. And you say, well, can't, why don't you pray? Well, don't you realize I'm, I'm doing this and this is godly and this is right. Well, praise God. But you know what? That unity in prayer. Praise the Lord. I've seen folks that God is moving and, and I, I know the difference between being led by God and just having a, having a, a self-centered attitude. And if God's leading somebody in a certain way, we don't want to hinder that at all. But I know sometimes God's working in a service like tonight, and, and, and we're just saying, come on, worship God, praise God, give God your best, praise the Lord. And, and you know, I, I've prayed with folks already saying, I just, it just feeling God and leading them and helping. They're in trouble. They're, they're in a burden. They're in about, you know what, just, just open yourself up and just give God your best, and, and they lock up even more. Can you imagine going to a doctor and, you know, just kicking against everything he's saying and saying, help me get better? Listen to me. Praise God. Worship. Being a part. We always say being a part of every part of every service. As much as we're able to. Amen. Putting your heart into that. It's like what we said about before. Sometimes if we can get together with a, a loved one and say, I love them so much. And, uh, and I, I just I think the world of them. But you're so distracted. You got everything else on your mind. You know what we need to do sometimes? It's just simple. When you pray, pray. And 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 with God's spirit helping you, praise the Lord. Recognize if that's. Not what it once was. And say, God, help me be doing better in my prayer. In my worship. In in all that I do, I want to be progressing. Amen. I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror of God's word. I want to be able to look at myself with God's presence searching me. Amen. And be able to say, God... I don't want to take you for granted. You know, you can pray. You can pray out loud. You can pray uh, uh, going through the motions and have your mind a million miles away. It's a battle for all of us. I'm not telling you something, to, to again, to condemn you. We all battle these ways of distraction and just, just saying, well, I went to church and I fulfilled an obligation rather than really just loving God. Putting our hearts into every part of of, of everything we do, not praying, maybe even just uh, out of routine, even even before a meal, just loving God, loving God. The more familiar you are with him, the more dangerous it is to get a focus off of him and on us. Praise the Lord. Look what it says in Romans. I love this. Romans 15. Verse one, it's kind of a some of it really rings out with. Galatians 6, talking about those that are strong. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, this is an attitude that we have toward one another. Coming to church and thinking, you know what, God, somebody might be weak. Somebody might be struggling. Somebody might be hurting. Praise God. And I want to be a blessing and a help and a strength. Praise God if I'm doing well. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Listen to this. Why? Because or for even Christ pleased not himself. The king of kings didn't please himself. But. 
as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. He saw your shame. He saw your guilt. He saw everything that was against you, and he took it upon himself. He took you in your need. He took me in my need and took those needs onto himself when he didn't have to do it, but he did. Why wouldn't I find it in my time to be able to say, God, now I want to take, I want to take your needs. What's important to you? You rescued me. You, you took me out of darkness. You brought me into the light. Now, I want you to know that I care about what you care about. That I, you're touched with the feelings of my infirmities. Are you touched with what God's feelings are? You can't be if you're, if you're self-absorbed. You can't. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, we talk a lot about the mark of the beast in these last days. And I believe it's in the book of Ezekiel. I was talking to a brother about it earlier this week. That God says, I want you to go out to the angels, sends them out, dispatches them to his children. says, I want you to mark them. He said, I want you to mark those, take an inkhorn, he said. Now, this is in the spirit. And he said, I want to mark you to mark the ones that are crying and sighing. They've got a burden and they're actually weeping over the transgressions of the land. They're touched. They care about more than themselves. They are hurting because they see what hurts me. And I'm getting ready to send judgment and like the blood that was placed on the doorpost, on the lintel of the houses of, of my children in Goshen, I want them to be marked and there's going to, we're going to pass over them. Those that are touched by God's feelings. I love that he's touched by my feelings. I love that he cares about my weakness, but it ought not be one-sided. We need to be touched with what God, and we can do that if we take some time in his presence and get our focus on him, we can start feeling with what God feels. Hallelujah. You know what happens when we become self-focused? I've seen it time and time again, trying to just minister to folks that are, that are not focused on God. You become unreasonable. When you're the only one that's got feelings that hurt, you're the only one that has problems, you're the only one that's been through some things, you're the only one, and you're focused on you, and you forget that everybody else has feelings too. I, I, I've said it here not too, too long ago to my wife. I said you know, sometimes, and I think I've said it to you already too, that sometimes people come, and, and I'm not saying that you don't have a right to say, hey, I've got some questions, I've got some concerns, preacher, I've got time. But, you know, I've had folks already, man, they've gone through some things, they've, they've misunderstood some things, they've got, they've got hurt feelings, and I, I want to I talk to you, and what they want to do is bash. And I thought, yeah, think, you know what, uh, okay, I'm not a very good person, I'm not a very good pastor, maybe I'm not a very good dad. Can I share in this time, too? Can I tell, tell you what I think of? of all your faults and failures and maybe you haven't just measured up either when you think everybody else is the only ones that's ever made mistakes amen what happens is you become unreasonable 
when all you know is how you feel. And that's what happens in our walk with God that causes us to stumble. Everything we think and everything we know and everything we want, everything we don't like, and we don't stop and say, hey, wait a minute, God, what do you think about me? How good have I been doing? How faithful have I been? Amen. Praise God. Sometimes we don't realize that God all along has been leading us. Come on, let's get away from some of this junk. Let's get away from some of these snares and traps of the enemy. And, you know, we, we're we more concerned what I want, what I like. God, just take away the, the, the consequences, God. That's what I like. But if you can stop and consider God, stop. That's why it's so dangerous. Sometimes I've... I've seen folks already, and I know, I know without a doubt, I can't say a word. God, you're going to have to break through somehow because all they see is themselves. All they see is their struggle, their battles, their hurt. And let me tell you something. God, God cares about your struggles, your battles, and your hurt. But when all you know is what I want and not God, God wants some things. You know, there have been some times in our lives where we've had to just say, you know what? Going through some things. Got some hurt in my life. Got some disappointments in my life. And like Job, just take some time and worship God. Make a choice. Say, hey, wait a minute. The world doesn't stop because I've got feelings, God. You've got feelings too. And I want to make sure... That all my prayers and all my time isn't just focused on me. But God, I want to make sure you know I still love you. And I still, uh, what you feel is still important. And I want to know what you think about my decisions and where I'm going and what I can do, Lord, for your kingdom. Everything just doesn't stop. God sometimes has to just keep on moving even when you are hurting. Even... Even when you are struggling, sometimes God's saying, come on, keep pressing on. Praise God, because he knows what's best. When we lose, when we start focusing ourselves and we lose the wonder of God, the awe of God, the fear of God, we pray, but being able to really touch God, being able to really know He hears, just something so simple as prayer, and, and and it's so, but it's so amazing and so magnificent that we can come into the presence of God, that we can be filled with His Spirit, that that we can feel His power in us working, and and we can go through the motions of that and keep our mind on on our job, on our on our, our problems at home, and and lose. Just the amazing understanding that God is so great. Worship becomes a routine that, hey, isn't it about this time that we move on to the next part of the service? Worship just becomes, a, a, you know, two or three songs and keep on going. And, and, and you know what? I've clapped my hands and maybe I, I, I've sung along and never really breaking through. We lose the wonder of it. Where we begin to, to, to start focusing on so many petty details and forget that God is in the house. Forget that God is on the throne. That God wants to give you victory. 
Sometimes, sometimes I think we need to just stop and think maybe the, what would I think if the camera was on me? No, there's not a camera. I should say it differently. But if I had a camera on me and I was going to watch the footage later, check out the instant replay, would I say, hey, there's somebody who's focused in on God? Or would you be able to see? That's dis- that's that's distraction. And I've just never really regained that attention that God wanted from me. He's so great. The wonder, the awe that that we ought to give God our full, our heart. That's what it means when we seek him with our whole heart. We lay aside our intimidations. We lay aside all the things that the enemy is trying to fight us with and, and just press on into his presence. You know, we have stories, accounts in the Bible of, of, of women just sick and, and, and uh, really weak from the loss of blood pressing through even on their knees. I don't care what anybody thinks. I've got to touch even the hem of his garment. The people that have been noticed by God are the ones that are often ignored by the crowds. Amen. Amen. The ones that that say it doesn't matter. Praise God. Uh, if I seem like a child, like David said to Michal, his wife, she said, you, you've embarrassed me. And he said, I, 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 if I think I played the fool, I, I, I'll just do even more for the glory of God. It's. Yeah. It's not what you think. It's not my reputation. It's not something I'm trying to build up and somebody to see or hear. You know what? We ought to not worry so much about what I sound like when I come into the presence of the Lord or what people are thinking when I come in before the King of Kings. I think sometimes that's the, the hardest part for people. Some people, it's just getting over the thought of what people are thinking. And I'm wondering the people that are that matter the most are are in the presence of God. Amen. They're not, they're not focused on you. They're focused on God. But, uh, sometimes we're listening to ourselves and our biggest critic, the self-conscious insecurity of when God's saying, your, your, your praise to me is beautiful. It's what I desire. I'm looking for somebody that's going to get over themselves Amen. I'm I'm not going to worry so much. And and for some reason, all that junk, that needs to get burned out by the Holy Ghost. Those thoughts of self-condemnation and what I sound like and what I might look like. And and just say, you know what, God? I'm just going to be everything I can be for you. Amen. And he's going to love that. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Losing that wonder. Losing that awe. Psalm 8 sure a lot of us could probably quote it. Sadly, when we become focused on ourselves, we take God for granted. We can no longer say with the psalmist, Psalm 8, 3, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Do you ever just take some time and look at God's creation? Just take some time and and allow that wonder. Think about 
look up at the stars and don't be in such a hurry and think, God, you did all this. God, you made all this. Beautiful days and amazing things that are around us. And just think of the the magnitude of the power of God that he would create such an amazing universe. And the psalmist said, when I consider this and that you made it all, what is man? That thou art mindful of him. What is man? I, I don't guess we take a whole lot of time worrying about bugs, you know, when we walk down the street and there's an ant or something there going on. We just keep on going. We don't just stop our whole day and wonder what it's doing and how it's doing. And how much lower are we to God than ants to us? Almighty God, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And here we are. What is man that you care so much about us? What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? When you lose your wonder because we are so self-important and all of our needs and all of our wants, that's what destroys relationships. My needs are paramount. And that's what destroys our faith in God when we get our focus on us and everything revolving around us and don't stop and say, wait a minute. God has done me such a great favor to even notice me, to save me, to allow me to... To know him and to be his friend, to give me such a richness of his word. When was the last time you opened up your Bible and it just was something, a miraculous, beautiful thing for you that you took your time and said, that's something I want to hide in my heart. That's something I want to carry with me that I might not sin against him. That's a light to my path. That's something God's wanting me to deal with. God, that you would talk to me. Help us, Lord. But we become lovers of our own selves. We become focused on, on on what's important to us. And we begin to go through the motions. And we begin to become, you know, kind of... what I don't know a better way to put it than, than kind, of, kind of snobby when it comes to church. Snobby when it comes to God. We, we know just what makes a, 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 the, the details of a service, a song, a preaching, a preacher, a brother, a sister. And we've got it all. You know, we're going to give them a, a, a three-star rating maybe on a good day. Rather than just say, God, I'm so thankful I'm a part of what you're doing. God, I'm so thankful that you're still working today. See, the devil's fighting. The devil's fighting hard. We've seen some things here just recently. I've got some testimonies of brothers and sisters really going through some battles. But God's called us for such a time as this. And the thing is, when we sometimes when we're stinging from the battle, when we're we're feeling the bruises from from the fight. That's when we can start to get turn our focus inward rather than upward we begin to forget that god has still got a plan in all this some of you have been waiting a long time to see answered prayers and it's easy 
for you to get distracted because the devil's telling you God's forgotten. But he hasn't. That God's got better things to do. No. He's just got a, a time frame and a plan that's better than our plan. But when we stop appreciating His gifts and His, His blessings that once just were so special to us, that just, just that time with Him, that time that we can just have that heart-to-heart talk rather than a routine prayer of everything we've always done and never really breaking through. Church, Bible reading, going through our daily life, not really walking with Him, not really just communing with Him, but just in a hurry, distracted, going through the motions. Familiarity, the saying goes, breeds contempt. Where once you thought it was just amazing to just to be a part of God's kingdom. And now we find fault. We're unhappy. We complain at so many different things. We say, where are the miracles? Where are the answered prayers? But sometimes we can be just like these people. They're so familiar. We know his mother. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. There was a town just down the road called Capernaum. God working miracles, signs, and wonders. Other areas didn't know who he was, didn't know anything about him. Just sin rampant in those areas. But there, there were people that would fall on their face and say, I, I, I just need you. I need to, I need to get close to you. I, I, I need a miracle from you. I, 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 I need Jesus. People are saying, shut up, quiet down. Come on, dude. We, you don't need to make such a noise. No, I need him. But the ones that were most familiar... Search your heart. Search your heart. Everything and anything you do for God, whatever it is, I, I, I could go down a list of just every part of church, but, but out the door and your burden for souls and, and your burden for your family and, and being the best of what God's called you to be right there in your family or in your job and all these things. Have you lost the focus of what God has for you in those little things? Because you're so familiar. There's no seniority where you can just sit back and retire. There's no seniority where, hey, let somebody else do it. I'm just excited. I can be a part of what God is doing. I thank God for people in this church today. You've been faithful through the years and, and, uh, and the battles and the struggles and the heartaches. And you're still just thankful to be able to pick up something or help out somewhere. Just be able to say a prayer. Hey, I'm excited about Jesus today. What about you? Is that excitement been extinguished? tell you what happens. It's familiarity. I've had talks with brothers already about our families and children that know this so well and trying to figure out, you know, with children that have walked away, you know, what could I have done differently? But can I tell you, there's people with looser standards and looser ideals that their children walk away from it too. See, that familiarity is really the problem. Being around it. And if you've been around church for many years, I'm talking to you too. 
That familiarity is where you lose that. I need prayer. I need God. I need the Holy Ghost. I need a touch. I need revival. When you lose that, because you've been around it so much, and, and speaking in tongues is not that big a deal. Oh, I've heard that since I was, I can remember it. And, and preaching, oh, I know a lot of preachers. Some of them, eh, I don't know. You know, sometimes it's pretty exciting, but, and you know, uh, you know the ins and the outs. And you've seen people come and go, and you've seen some that seem like they're on fire and they were hypocrites. But listen to me, God's got some real folks that are still stirred up. God's got some real folks that are still on fire. Amen. And God's separating in this last day. Those that are going to stay loving him, that's what heaven's about. A bride that's red hot in love with Jesus. He's not looking for lukewarm folks. Amen. He's looking for folks that are still just excited to get up in the morning and say, Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for breath in my lungs. Thank you, Lord, for the cross and for the blood and for an empty tomb. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, that I'm your child. Oh, somebody lift their hand. Sister Katie, if you come to the music, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I don't want my familiarity to breed contempt. I don't want my familiarity to cause me to back down on just my fire and my zeal for God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to put my heart into every bit of it. I want to be, I want to be sensitive to God as much as I ever have been. I want God to be able to stir me up. Hallelujah. Stir up those embers and bit that, get that fire burning in me, God. Stir up, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, and reignite fires in this house, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's find a place around this altar. God, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, God.
preached about several weeks ago from Matthew 25, about the ten virgins. There was so much that they had ready, but you know what? They had all fallen asleep. They had all fallen asleep. The call went out. The bridegroom cometh. I feel that sense of urgency in my spirit tonight. I feel that some need to wake up. God's doing a separation. God's doing some purging. I want to be there. I want to be right. I want to, I want to have that oil, that light burning brightly in me. God wants to help you. God's sending messages of revival, messages of dedication to help us. Hallelujah. In these last days, have our focus on Him. Because we're going to need to see those miracles in this last day. There's going to be some some trials that we must face without faith. Without faith and the miraculous happening in our lives and in our homes. We're not going to get through it with our best. We're not going to get through it with our wisdom. We're going to need faith to see us all the way through. God, I'm praying for my brothers and sisters. I know the weights of the enemy's attacks, Lord, in their homes, God, in their lives, in their minds, God. I thank you for helping these that came up for prayer, Lord. I thank you for breaking chains of the enemy, God. I thank you, Lord, for for your help tonight, God. I'm asking you, please, help us reignite the fire, Lord, the love that we have for you, that our familiarity would not cause us to take you for granted, but that our walk with you would be more more intense, God, more intimate, more real than ever before, God. Help us, Lord. Help us, God, to keep our focus on you in these end times, these perilous times. Let's all stand. Father, thank you again. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for being so good to us. God, help us to take this with us and to apply it to our lives. Keep us, Lord God, as we travel, God. I pray for every home. Just bind hearts together in love and unity in each one of our homes and in this church, God. And help us to reach the lost, Lord. We love you. We thank you, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.